Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at GPC, we want you to know God, love people, and live sent. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. If you want to learn more about Grace Point, head over to gracepointchurch.net. And now, this week's message. Well, thank you for last week giving me a little bit of grace or giving me a lot of grace and praying through me and praying for me and Lori, uh, as we, uh, we wrestled, uh, with the, the, the blessed Rona, uh, as I call it. And, um, I think we won. Uh, we're upright and, uh, that's good. And uh, keep praying because there's a lot of people out throughout our church, throughout our community. Uh, I know it's getting better, but, uh, it's still bad for some. And, uh, and in fact, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. Uh, anybody else tired of it? <laughs> Thank you. Please. Uh, let's all agree to that. Um, the, the, the thing is, is that sometimes I think I, I find myself waking up, think about this, waking up tired from yesterday's stress. If I wake up tired from yesterday's stress, that puts me at a deficit moving into today. And if I can't figure out how to catch up and and, and how to get past the anxious thoughts and how to find peace, then it's only going to compound because... There's no guarantees it's going to fix itself. I find myself, I find other people dealing with emotional exhaustion right now. I mean, there's just a lot been going on for the past 22 months. And we're not just talking about COVID. But the soul of, I think, humanity right now across our land is a bit weary. Some people are at home today because they are so weary, they can't get themselves up, get themselves dressed, and get themselves here. They miss the community, the camaraderie, the corporate worship because, again, of a state of fatigue. It's called something. It's called a crisis fatigue. Crisis fatigue. It's not my word. A professor at uh, the university, uh, or Ohio State University, in the stress, trauma, and resilience department has coined this phrase. STARS is the acronym for the Department of Stress, Trauma, and Resilience program there. Coined the phrase crisis fatigue and labels that, labels that across our land, that what we're dealing with right now across our land is a crisis fatigue. We are tired of the crisis. The, the, the exhaustion of the crisis is upon us. This is what, I mean, when you, when you, when you couple all these things together, a global pandemic, a, a financial insecurities, supply chain issues, and I'm not just talking about you getting your job done. I'm talking about you go to the store to get a basic commodity and you can't even find the basic stuff at times. Um, racial injustice, continued mass shootings, even this past week, more Police officers on the news that I heard of actually killed in the line of duty. It's incredible uh, the shootings that are going on. Nonstop political polarization is it's insane. And again, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But what it, what what I hope we can identify today is that some of this irritability, some of this emotional exhaustion, is tied back to this crisis fatigue. We have been in a constant state of crisis for 22 months. She goes on, the professor goes on, Arian Gallagher says it like this. 
Most of us are equipped to manage one crisis, maybe a couple of crises simultaneously. But when everything is sort of coming uh, uh, to a head all at once, there comes a point where the typical means of coping becomes overwhelmed. So our coping mechanism is tapped. We can't handle any more. And that results in crisis fatigue. She goes on to say in in this article that I read that what happens when we go through crisis fatigue will be different for different people. But you identify you on this list of the effects of crisis fatigue. Some people will experience incredible exhaustion. Others rage, disgust, despair, desperation, hypervigilance, anxiety, and even grief. Where do you see yourself on that chart? Maybe you see yourself in a couple of different postures and places. I think what we need to understand in the midst of all of this, there's not going to be one little antidote to fix everything. It's going to take something, I believe, supernatural. I think we're going to have to have an infusion of peace in our, in our, in our land and in our hearts and in our lives. And we're going to have to have an infusion of patience because I don't know that all of this is going to go away at a snap of a finger. So somehow through this, we're going to have to find that peace, get the peace that we need, and we're going to have to give patience to other people. And we're going to have to have even patience to the point that we're going to be able to get through it ourselves. Now, how do you do that? And here's what I want to say is the antidote. And I'm not trying to over-spiritualize, but the current crisis that we are facing... I don't believe the antidote is in a pill or in a bottle or in some self-help book. I believe we need a fresh wind and a fresh fire of the Holy Spirit sweeping in the hearts and the lives of people. And if we were to see that happen we would see the fruit of the Spirit begin to manifest itself. And what would we see when we saw the fruit of the Spirit manifest itself? Two of the, of, of, the, of the manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit is what? Peace and patience. And so I think this is an opportunity. Now, I'm not over-spiritualizing and I'm not always an optimistic guy. But let me just say this. This is an opportunity for us as believers in Christ... As followers of God, as filled with the Holy Spirit, this is an opportunity for us to step in this vacuum of peace and patience and let the Spirit of God come out of us and us be a light in this world like never before. Because what if we became the individuals in the circles of influence that we have? What if we became that source, that bit of peace that needs to be there, that that example of patience that needs to be there. That's not something you're going to just muster up on your own. This is something that the Spirit of God wants to produce in all of us. The, the, the passage of scripture that I've probably read every week or just about every week, I'll probably read it for the rest of the weeks, is, is when Jesus introduces the concept in John chapter 15 of this idea of a fruitful life. Followers of him that are abiding in him, they will bear fruit. And this is what he said in John 15. He said, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove Prove to be my disciples. Don't talk about being my disciples. 
Don't say, I go to church, I'm a disciple. I was baptized as a child, I'm a disciple. No, no, no. The proof of your discipleship is actually in the fruit that comes out of your life. Prove that you're a disciple. I chose, you want to know why you exist, why you're still living, why, why you're still breathing? God chose you and he appointed you that you should bear fruit. And if you just live in that identity, that sense of purpose that I get up in the morning, why am I here? You may be selling widgets to Walmart. You may be teaching in our schools. You may be a doctor. You may be a lawyer. You may, you may be a contractor. You could be in any number of roles out there. You could be a student today. None of that. That's just where you do life. That's not your identity. That's where you bear the fruit of God. That's, that's who you, that's who you are is the fruit. That's what God has called you to. He chose you. He appointed you. Now again, just quick review. Last week we talked about the two first manifestations. And one of those is extreme love. Go back and listen to that message. That extreme love is a timeless love. It's a limitless love. It's a selfless love. And I will say this. I believe this, that it is the priority of all of the manifestations. In fact, Paul said it like this. If you don't have love, you're nothing but an unrehearsed band out there. You're just a clanging symbol. So love has got to be there, but it's not just a kind of love. It is an extreme love that is, that is timeless, that is selfless, that is, uh, that is limitless kind of love. It's also a sustainable joy. No matter your circumstance, no matter, again, the crisis that may be before you, you may not be happy about that crisis, but you can still have joy even if you don't have happiness. Parse those two out, please. Understanding that joy can be something that is sustainable and keeps you going in the midst of it. In Jesus' manifesto on the Holy Spirit. If you want to go where Jesus talked more about, introduce the concept of the Spirit of God coming and dwelling our hearts, you read for yourself John chapter 15 and John chapter 16. John chapter 15 verse 11 says this, These things have I spoken to you that... My joy may be in you and that your joy would be full. So joy is not something that should be come and go. It should be something that is sustained in our life because it's not from us. It's from our heavenly father. In fact, when you look at the disciples in the early days of the disciples, when they had no fame, they had no influence. They were a bunch of renegades. They had no money. They were, they were just outlaws in, in the eyes of Rome, in the eyes of, uh, of the Jewish establishment and Acts chapter 13, they may not have had anything, but they had the Holy spirit and they had joy. Acts chapter 13, verse 52 says, the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. And you cannot separate the two out. What will get you through, what will sustain you through in the midst of all of the chaos and the crisis of our day will be the Holy Spirit manifesting himself in an extreme kind of love. You're loving like you've never loved before, limitless, selfless, timeless, and you are walking in an abiding presence of his spirit, giving you the fullness of his joy. All right. Now, what a lot of people would like to do today is they would like to parse out and put the Holy Spirit or God over here and put all these manifestations over here. I need to have more joy. I need to have more love. I need to have more peace. I need to have, you cannot. 
Separate the product from the producer. Say that with me. You cannot separate the product from the producer. The product is the fruit of the Spirit. The producer of that fruit is the Holy Spirit. So if you want to have more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, you want to have that, then get in touch, know the Spirit, let Him be unleashed in you, and really walk in Him. Again, J.D. Greer in his book, Jesus Continued, he said, When the Spirit is alive in us, His fruit will grow naturally in our hearts. The deeper you go into the gospel, Paul says, the larger the Spirit's presence uh, in your heart and the larger his presence, the more his fruit begins to abound in our lives. And we don't produce the fruit by working it up, by self-discipline, by resolve. We simply drive our roots deeper into the gospel and the fruit grows naturally. Hear that. You want more love? You want more joy? You want more peace? You want more patience? Lean in on that relationship with the Holy Spirit in your life. Listen to that still small voice. Let him guide your steps into the truth. Let him begin his work of salvation in you and complete it till the day of Christ Jesus. And let him do that. That is when we began to see that full manifestation of his spirit. Take your Bibles and look at Galatians chapter 5. We were reading this passage every week. We have slowed time down. We're looking at two verses for an entire two months. And you look at these verses and you come to them. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy. Talked about those last week. We're coupling these together. First couplet was love and joy. Second couplet is peace and patience. Kindness, goodness next week, faithfulness, gentleness the next week, and we'll finish with, I believe, a beautiful, powerful capstone of self-control against such things there's no law. You cannot go wrong. Nobody's going to outlaw love. Nobody's going to get, get, you're going to get in trouble for being full of too much joy. People may be jealous of your joy, but they, you, you won't be, you won't be in trouble. But Paul starts his letter in the first, in Galatians, the first couple of chapters talking about salvation, getting it nailed down. Where does salvation, salvation is a belief, it's a trust, it's a faith. But then in chapter three, he turns the page and from chapter three to the end of chapter six, he's going to introduce the spirit and he's going to talk about how the spirit starts our salvation in chapter three, verse two. And then he's going to continue to work in our salvation and he's going to produce fruit of our salvation and we're going to be able to walk in the spirit and we're going to see a different life because of the spirit working in us there's nine manifestations and we just read them but i didn't say there was nine pieces of fruit it's not i like tangerines but i don't like bananas no love joy peace patience kindness goodness goodness all the list all out all of that's one fruit it is one fruit of the spirit with nine manifestations. How does it look? How does it feel? How does it taste? What is the genetic makeup, if you will, if you were breaking apart something today? Let's talk about peace. Let's talk about patience. Because the peace that I talk of is not some kind of passing peace. It's a saturation peace. A peace that literally saturates us. That's the third. Go there, guys, if you don't mind that slide. There's a saturation piece that should be a part of our life 
as, 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 as that evidence of the Spirit at work. We, let me just say it like this, and we bold and frank about it, we don't do peace well. <laughs> Humanity does not do peace well. We're knocking on the door geopolitically of, uh, of World War III, potentially, in the Ukraine and Russia right now, and NATO and America. You know, we just got out of one war, and we don't know what's going to happen next. And again, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know what China's going to do in the, in, 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 in the land of, the, of, of Asia. We don't know what, 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 what America is going to do. We don't, we don't know what's going on in this world. We don't, have, we don't even have peace on our streets. Forget the geopolitical world. In our streets in America, in our schools, there, there, last year alone, 2021, there were 689 mass shootings. 689 mass shootings. 702 murdered. You want to know the number one question I get when I travel internationally? The number one question is, is it safe to live in America? I kid you not. Is it safe? On your streets? In your schools? Is it safe? I'm going to let the, let you debate if we need more guns or less guns. I'm not going there. I'm saying we don't have peace in our land. We don't have peace in this world. Unrest in our homes? Listen, well, if, if anything the 22 months has done to marriages, it's either made them stronger because they've been together, locked down together, quarantined together, stuck together, and they've learned to love each other like never before, or it has either developed or shown cracks in the marriage. How do I know that? Talk, try to go see a professional uh, behavior ca- counselor nowadays. You'll be on a waiting list for months. I, I, I have a list of good or best to good to I don't send anybody there. Okay? I've gone through all of my best and all of my good in recommending people. I'm still not recommending anybody to the bad ones. Why? Because we are not at peace. It is not something that's just bubbling up in our land. Yet Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 says, make every effort, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. As a church, please, let's do everything we can. When we hear the little back, when you hear the meetings behind the meetings in your, on your job, whenever there's turmoil in the homes, please, 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 let's do everything. Let's make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace. Peace is not easy in our world. It's, that's why I'm saying we need to have a saturation peace. And the only way we're going to get to saturation where it literally is saturating through every part of our lives and all of our relationships and where we live, work, learn, and play, the only way we're going to get there is to get the, the, the right order of peace. Sometimes we focus on the symptoms and we don't go to the, the real heart problem. And I want to point to, to peace to you in three tiers, if you will. Three tiers. And the first tier is that we've got to start here. You don't start anywhere else. The first tier is that, that we would have peace with God. If you don't have peace with God, forget all the other tiers. 
There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we come into a faith relationship with Jesus. By faith, what happens then? Say it with me. We have, say it with me, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How do you get to have peace with God? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not a small little commercial break, if you will, to come to Jesus. But if you want peace in your life, you cannot separate the product from the producer. And the producer being the Holy Spirit. And how do you get the Holy Spirit? But Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. How do you get Jesus? But you receive Jesus. How? What happens when you receive Jesus? You have peace with God. There is total, complete domino effect here. We're going to, on March 13th, uh, I believe it is, that we're going to have our next baptism service. This is one of the most exciting Sundays ever. Is when we get to celebrate, because baptism doesn't give you the peace, but it marks the day in your life where you establish peace with God. You might have been baptized as a child and you may have gone through some ceremony as a kid. That's great and that was really good for mom and dad and grandparents. But when you give your life to Jesus, you need to make that declaration that I am at peace with God. I am a child of God. I hope that you're there. If you're not there, do not leave today before talking to me or someone else. Let's talk about tier number two. It's peace with yourself. Once you have peace with God, the next where you need to look for peace is peace with ourselves. Listen, I'm a big Brene Brown fan. I've read lots of her books. I like her books. I like where where she goes with a lot of her content. But here's one thing you'll not see in her books. Jesus. As a part of the solution. So you might be able to get past shame psychologically. But will you be able to get past the effects of guilt and shame eternally? An ongoing relationship with Jesus, finding that peace of Christ to live and dwell in you where you wake up and you live in peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, Colossians says. You are called to peace. Again, remember where it's a calling is, 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 is to bear fruit. A part of that calling and part of that f- fruit that we bear is peace. We're called to peace. Peace I leave with you, John 14, verse 27. I leave with you my peace I give you. A life unhurried in peace, Thomas Kelly said. And power, it is simple. It is serene. It is amazing. It is triumph. It is radiant. It takes no time, but it occupies all our time. It makes our life, our programs new and over, uh, overcoming. We need uh, uh, to get, we, we need not get frantic. He is at the helm. And when our little day is done, we lie down quietly in peace for all is well. There's a lot of people 
that live their life masquerading around, looking as if they have it all together. They don't have peace with God and they don't have peace with themselves. And I'm not trying to shame anybody. I'm trying to invite you into peace. Which then leads me to the third tier of peace. Peace with others. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called the sons of God. It's one of the marks of a child of God. They have peace with God. They have peace with themselves. They're able to bring peace into troubled situations. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. It is, if it's possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. You need to do everything. I need to do everything I can do. I need to sacrifice my pride on the altar at times to be at peace with people. But I'll, I'll say this, as far as it depends on you. And here's just the reality. You're not going to be at peace with everybody. I'm not going to be at peace with everybody. I need to make sure that I've done everything I can do to be at peace. There are people that live in a dark triad. If you don't know what that is, Google it. Borderline personalities, hard, hard to live at peace. But I'm not even talking about those. There are people who simply are not peaceful people. And you can't live at peace with them. God has called us to live in peace. 1 Corinthians 7, 15. When I'm talking about peace, I'm not just talking about we're just going along to get along. But this peace that I speak of, think about shalom. Think about when God created the world and he put this world in order and he made it perfect and he gave us Sabbath. He gave us a day that would mark all the other days that we would flow out of. He gave us a place of shalom. He gave us a life of shalom. And because we stepped out of his will, we left the shalom. We lost the shalom of God. Shalom is the idea of wholeness and completeness and flourishing. And yes, peace. But it's a deep abiding peace. This is not the word he uses here. This is the Greek word arene, which is, according to F.F. Bruce, is the equivalent to what the Old Testament shalom is. He's talking about a wholeness of peace shared with you in the past couple of weeks, and I'm not excited about it. I'm, I had one of those nights, three nights, two nights ago. I've struggled with anxiety lately. I think it's a part of the crisis fatigue that I've been wrestling with. It was a conversation that happened some days prior to that was lingering over in my mind. I go to bed, I go to sleep, midnight I wake up, and what's the first thing on my mind was that unresolved issue back here. I don't know how to resolve it, I don't know what to do, so my mind starts churning and fear starts creeping in, and I'm literally in a ball in the middle of the night. I remembered something from Into the Silent Lands that I, book I recommended a few weeks ago. He talked about the word prayer. So I just start praying the word. I just start praying Philippians chapter 4. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I prayed it. I would inhale. And when I inhale, I would say, And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I would just inhale and I would pray and I would just exhale and I'd pray. I promise you, 30 minutes later, I'm still inhaling 
What I'm trying to do is flush out the anxiety and pray in the peace. The last words I remember before going back to sleep, finally later on that evening, was, may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, it's going to be a battle, but we're going to have to pray and we're going to have to seek and we're going to have to long for, but you will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because we trust in you. Isaiah 26, 3. Saturation peace starts in a spiritual relationship with God, moves to an internal relationship with myself, but then it can be manifested out into this world. But so much of this world wants to find peace in this world before they ever find peace with God, before they ever have peace with themselves. You got to do it in the right order. Number four, is gritty patience. Gritty patience. It's not just patience, it's gritty patience. Extreme love, it's not just love, it's extreme love. It's not just joy, it's sustained joy. It's not just, it's not just uh, peace, it's a saturated peace throughout the wholeness of who I am. Now, I will just tell you this in self-confession. Patience and Mike McDaniel seldom go in the same sentence together. I'm the guy that gets frustrated with slow people in the fast lane. (laughs) But I even get frustrated with slow people in the slow lane. They're where they're supposed to be. But I get frustrated because they're there. I'm the one who pulls up to an intersection and I'm looking at the cars in front of me and I'm saying, which is the shortest line? I'm going to dart over. I don't care who's behind me. I'm coming in front of you because I'm going to get in the short line. Because I've got to get in front of that one car. I'm the guy who walks through the lines, and I will literally walk through Sam's, and all the lines are full. Hey, whoever started the pick and scan app is the best thing ever. All right? I don't have to wait in lines. I'm not a patient person. In fact, Enneagram 8. I'm an Enneagram 8. Any, any 8s in the room? Anybody even know what their Enneagram is? Okay, 8s. I got a few 8s. Um, Well, let me read your mail for a moment because I was reading an Enneagram coach this past week and this is me, this is me. When type eights live from their flesh of the stress default, they start to take on negative traits. Their personalities can turn aggressive, controlling, domineering, and unhealthiness. In essence, they become very impatient people. What God is calling us to, what God is trying to manifest himself in me is patience. Not just patience, a gritty patience, a patience that will hang in there when I want to give up. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, patient endurance is what you need. Now, I like that. It sounds like he's not even impatient with his demands. You need patience now. You need patient endurance now. I need it now so that you will continue to do God's will. The way I'm going to continue to do God's will is I'm going to see 
patient endurance. This word is not, again, just a patient with, with somebody who's in line in front of me or somebody who's slow in, the, in, in this lane or that lane or uh, I didn't get my food when I wanted it. It's, more, it's that, but it's that on steroids. It is that when you feel like giving up that you stay in the fight. Other times this same word is translated in scripture. It, it uses the word forbearance. Not exactly words that we use in our everyday language, but you can hear there's a little bit more of a resolve in that forbearance, steadfastness, perseverance is another word. I just say gritty patience. Mark Sayers, listening to a podcast the other day, he said, we have gone from living in a complicated world to a complex world. A complicated world means you wake up every day and you problem solve, don't you? Most of y'all have jobs where you spend a lot of time problem solving and you problem solve from A to B to C to D and you walk home and you hopefully get home and you have less problems than when you started. That's complicated problems that we solve day to day. You get paid for that. But Mark Sayers points out that we're living in a complex world now. You used to go from A to B to C. Now we go from A to yellow to square. To three, back to D. You're not even in the same time. We don't even know how to get products on the shelf. We don't, we don't know how to, to, to get COVID out of the schools. We don't know how to count election without it being in controversy. See how complex we have become in our world? This complexity has caused a lot of people to get angry at their jobs and want to walk away. You've heard of the great resignation? People quit their churches because it didn't align with them in their opinions. Quitting their relationships. What did I say earlier? Counselors are booked to the gills. And sadly, as I said earlier, as I said in past messages, they're even quitting life, giving up. Listen, it's always easier to quit. But quitting isn't what God calls us to. I don't care what it is. You better be called away. Quitting is always easier. Whatever it is, relationships, church, God, jobs, the fruit of the Spirit is patience. The, the Greek word for patience there is makrothuomai, and it means this. The Greek lexicon says it like this. It's the state of an emotional calm in the face of provocation or a misfortune without complaint or irritation. Think about that. A state of emotional calm in the midst of provocation, in the midst of misfortune, in the midst of crisis, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of broken promises. It's the ability to maintain a calm in the midst of that. That's the word that he's using here. Macrothuomai is what was used in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 16. Jesus might display his perfect Patience as an example. Makrothuomai there. That makrothuomai is also used in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. He says, so that you may not be sluggish, lazy, weak, quitters, but imitators of those who through faith, patience, makrothuomai, 
inherit the promises. If we don't have a staying power, a sticking power, a gritty patience about us, we will quit before the promise becomes a reality. There's a power that comes through the Spirit of God working in us. What if I could tell you today that I could lead you on a path, and I'm not selling books, I'm not, I'm not doing gimmicks, but I could lead you on a path that would make your life perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. I promise you, if I could pitch that right with the right marketing strategy, I would have slew of people. Perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. How do I get there? How do I want that? I want that. Sell me that pill. Give me that, give me that formula. Here it is. James chapter one, verse two. Count it all joy, brothers, when you encounter, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. Gritty patience. A perseverance, a forbearance. My beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I am not telling you that when you follow Jesus and you're full of the Spirit and the fruit starts coming out of you that your life is just going to be honky-dory. No, you're going to have to exercise extreme love. He's going to put you in situations where you're going to have to be forgiving when you don't want to be forgiving. He's going to test you where you're going to think, I want happiness, and really what you really want is joy. He's going to, he's going to fill you with joy in the midst of not being happy. Whenever you're full of the Spirit, you're going to have a peace that surpasses all understanding, even when your mind is lost in the narratives that are not true. And you're going to have to have a gritty patience, a perseverance, a forbearance. I'm going to stick in this because God's not called me away. I'm here to stay. Whatever that is. Adoniram Judson Guy, probably half the room doesn't even know. Never even heard of. You'll know him today. In 1812, he moves his family to Burma or Myanmar. And he lives out his life as a missionary. For 38 years, he lived there, served there, gave his life there, suffered there. Listen to this. In that 38-year period, he lost his wife, Anne. He lost some of his children, died. He was imprisoned, shackled in prison. And when he died after 38 years of faithful ministry, sacrificing everything that he knew, I would have given up on year one. He stays in for 38 until he dies and is buried there. They added up all the people's best they can count, as best they can recollect, as best they have records on. They could only count at the end of 38 years, 12 to maybe 25 believers throughout the entire country. Not a church. The only thing that Adoniram Judson left was a translation of the Bible. When he died, 
12 believers, no church, lost his wife, lost his kids, lived his life there in shackles and chains until he left the Bible. 150 years later, Paul Brothwick travels back to speak at a conference. 150 years later, he sees on the front row of a church a Bible. He opens it up to the fly leaf and he says, it says in there, translated by Reverend A. Judson. He looked at his translator. His translator, Matthew High Wind. He, he says, hey, do you know this person who translated this Bible? And Matthew Wind began to cry. Began to weep. This is the words of his translator, Matthew. He says, we know him. We know how he loved the Burmese people. How he suffered for the gospel because of us. Out of his love for us. Talk about extreme love. He died a pauper, but he left a Bible for us. And when he died there, just a few believers. But today, there are over 600,000 of us. And every single one of us trace our spiritual heritage to one man, the Reverend Adoniram Judson. I thank God that he didn't give up. What is it right now that you're ready to throw the towel in? Crisis fatigue is no joke. But if God didn't call you away, you better stay. You better stay in the fight. You better stay in there with, find that peace, find that patience in the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Father God, we all face storms and crises seasons that we can't figure we can bear up any longer. But thank you, Jesus, for your spirit that gives us peace. Peace with you, peace with ourselves, peace with with others. Thank you for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that comes to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Father, thank you for the ability to persevere, stay in there, forbear, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because we know that the work that we are about because you called us to is not in vain. Father, I pray today where we are weak and tired and exhausted and fatigued, may you infuse us with your spirit. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand? Thanks for listening to the Grace Point Church Podcast. To stay up to date on all things GPC, follow us at Grace Point NWA on Facebook or Instagram. As you go, be people who show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live Scent.